Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Well, hello, everybody. I want to first take a moment out of everyone's day from wherever the in the world you're listening to, whether it is the United States, the United Kingdom, uh, Canada, um, uh, Brazil, Colombia, and Spain, and even Vietnam. We at Aaron's Show, we're really happy to have you. Um, today we are joined with someone who's been on the show before and he really wanted to come back and I really wanted to have him back on the show. Uh, his name is James, James J.C. Laird. We're really glad to have you. And James' friend is also named James. Um, and he goes by V, apparently. So I'm sure our listeners will find this all, um, very, uh, very entertaining. And by the way, so our, our guests today are James and James, and your host today is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, okay? So let's get right into it with James J.C. and James V. Go ahead, introduce yourselves. So welcome and hello to everybody worldwide and perhaps even people from not to this planet. I've heard that there are a few people from the International Space Station have started listening in on radios, so you never know where this will end up these days. Um, as was stated by our beautiful host, uh, we I have been on here once before, really enjoyed myself, had a lovely chat about um, situations, circumstances, and some of the nonsense I've managed to get myself into, um, and uh, over to yourself. Yeah, hello, as, uh, hi Aaron, um, like Aaron said, uh, my name's V, I'm one of uh, JC's, we're, we're pretty much like family now, we've known each other since uh, the first undergrad, um, undergraduate year of our university years. Uh, for about the last seven years we've known each other, so uh, it'd be good today to, uh, yeah, we can tell you lots of stories that we've, uh, things that we've done together, so it should be fun. Well, I'm I'm glad that both of you are here, and I can tell you some stories that I've been having. So where do you want to, where do you want to start today? Um, uh, JC, do you want to start off with telling me about some of the things that have been going on that you wanted to do or V, do you want to start? Who, who wants to start here? And then I'll go last, but who wants to start? Um, well, I think it'd probably be, uh, more succinct for myself to go first and kind of catch up on where I've been at, mm-hmm. and then that can kind of give you a few things to, to germinate and, and thought process, and no doubt you've got some questions written down for me. Yeah, and I'll jump in and add jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, since last we talked, uh, I've moved back from living in, uh, near and around Richmond in Virginia, Fredericksburg, and I'm now back living in Manchester in the United Kingdom. I've been here for a few months, uh... Got myself resettled back in, uh, seen family, seen friends, and kind of picked up where I left off before the whole journeying began. Uh, the only kind of major addition is I've started, uh, I suppose, taking more physical and uh, mental health uh, activities, I would say. Um, as of very recently, uh, I've managed to set up a new um, 
the, the mental health business that I mentioned to yourself was before has um, grown arms and legs and is now um, pretty much up and running and, and I'm looking to start testing it and see how it goes. Uh, on the physical side of things, um, improved diet, more exercise, uh, hashtag gym life. And um, above all else, I've just been trying to um, stay more positive, I suppose, like especially in this time of year where, let's face it, in the UK you can have four hours of daylight, if you can call it daylight. You know, it's a very good, a very good murk we have. We don't really have a good daylight, we have a good day murk. And with the greyness, so it's been really difficult to stay as positive and stay as active. But that's kind of been my main focus as of late: staying positive and, and keeping active. Sophie, uh, here, here, I can vouch for that. I can definitely relate to that. Like, uh, like in the UK and, and other parts of the world, you know, the limited daylight. But yeah, the, the winter in the UK is is quite difficult. It's very bleak, very grey, and that really affects people's mental health. Whether you know, you know, sad. Uh, seasonal affective disorder that many people would say they have but I think it does affect everyone to a degree you know no one I don't know anybody whose favorite color is gray so you look outside <laughs> and you know it's uh it's just a natural impulse to uh to feel a bit down so I think it's especially important like JC has just said to uh keep positive uh, exercise is very important get those endorphins released uh especially in my opinion early on in the day and then you set the rest of the day uh keep up to social activities uh even increase them i would say and uh keep on top of your diet because if you have a good diet um if your gut is healthy your mind is healthy that's also very important so i, I would vouch for all of those things what about yourself aaron you've uh you you made you you hinted at uh, some traveling well i i can tell you that that my favorite color is gray Okay, you are the first then. I, I, I am of course, of course, I am, of course, I am being, I'm being, I'm being facetious about that. But (laughs) so, so now let's let's go back a little bit. So, so V, uh, by the way, um, are are you are you visually impaired? Are you blind, V? So I'm not. No, like uh, James literally just uh, JC just literally told me today that I can add on. I can like kind of like jump in. So like my experience is like from the outside perspective. So um, I've been around around JC. I've kind of seen from a different perspective of what he goes through day to day. I've seen how it's evolved over the years from first meeting him as well, and how the challenges have changed, uh, and also right. how you know the use of technology, particularly his latest glasses, have helped him um, with you know the daily challenges and made things a lot easier. So I've been I've been there through different aspects and different experiences of see, like the challenges and seeing how he's evolved and how he's evolved as a person. How particularly with his eyesight, it's uh, it's changed over the years. So I'm I'm coming from that perspective. The the, the reason I asked yeah. is because I did want to start about start telling you about my recent vacation that I got home from last week. So there is an organization uh, right there in Leeds, uh, right, basically right in your neighborhood. Well, obviously not not in Manchester, but in Leeds called um, Travelize LTD. Um, This is an organization that basically provides um, holidays around the world for um, VI or as they call it, visually impaired people and Mm. sighted people. The way it works, basically, you sign up for a holiday. And if you're uh, visually impaired, you go on the holiday. And if you're um, sighted, 
like you, V, you act as a guide. And you basically um, guide the uh, VI, as they call it, through through the holiday, um, yeah. and and it's a lot of fun. And it's just it's just an, it's just an amazing company. And they the holidays that you can go on are just totally you know all over the world, yeah. um, all the continents. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting you've never heard of that one because they're right there in England. Yeah, me, um, me, me, uh, me neither. Yeah, um, but um, hearing from you, Ahmed, like it sounds brilliant. It sounds know. like it sounds like a, I, sounds I was, like a job application, and then <laughs> well, I was thinking I, I would love to be one of those volunteers after well, hearing, okay. hearing about it. Well, I well off the air, I'll, I'll send you. Well, you know what? I tell you what, off the air, um, you can cert- V, you can certainly reach out to me directly, and I, I will, I'll get back to you. I'll send you the website. Oh, um, I um and a little bit more about me, V. So my my academic background is I have a bachelor's degree in international relations. Oh, but by the way, li- by the way, li- listeners and, and you at home, if you already know this, it, it will not offend me in the slightest. You can you can fast forward the video here because I'm going to re- retrace <laughs> my steps. We just we, we just don't want to bother you you at home. But yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in international relations. I speak French. I've been to France three times, England once to study abroad. I lived lived there in um, University of East Anglia, Norwich, wonderful place to live. Lived there for three months. I've also been to Austria, Poland, uh, Amsterdam, the Czech Republic, and I've even done some volunteering around the world in the Caribbean. Um, my uh, my job is I'm an online English teacher, and that's the you know that's my that's how I make my living teaching the world the global language of English. I've never gotten anyone from the International Space Station, but I have gotten yeah. someone from North Korea. Um, oh. So that's even that's even more concerning than the International Space Station. <laughs> so, um, but the, but I, I preface all this by saying, so V, for you, I can tell you that I, I you know, with my lifestyle and things. I'm American. So I, I tend to be only be able to go on maybe one or two holidays a year. Once, yeah. once I send you the information, you'll, you'll start to get into it and see that, you know, yeah. the holidays are, the holidays are expensive, um, f- for sure, but they're worth it. Every, every pound, every quid, it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. I know yeah. this is very ironic. If, I'm sure if the company was listening, they would think it's hysterical that an American person is trying to convince other British people <laughs> to, to participate with a British company. But here I am. I'm an American. Let me tell you how great this British company is. <laughs> yeah. Unique at that point. Uh, it's very unique. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So my next my next trip that I'm going to do with them is I'm taking my father on a holiday um, in June and we're going to go to Spain. So they have okay. a Spain trip, and that's that's a wonderful place to go. Where in Spain? What the what? Where in Spain? I I, I will I will go to Spain in June. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, sorry. Where where in Spain? Like, is it going to oh, be oh, red or I, that? I don't I don't know because I don't know the Spanish cities. Um, ah. not not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Well, fair enough. I so, I mean, I've, I've so been this past right. So this past week, my brother and I did a New Year's cruise with Travel Eyes, and we sailed on the River Rhine. We visited a lot of German cities, and we even visited Strasbourg, France, which was definitely the best city, and it was a wonderful holiday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the language. Nothing at all. Mm. 
Uh, uh, most mo- could could have been could have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was painfully it was painfully cold in in all of the cities lately in Europe. It's been painfully cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose it's it's snowing pretty hard where you are at the moment. I've got some friends who've been reporting a few inches. Yeah, we haven't gotten snow where I live. Uh, there's been no, luckily, no snow. We had some rain at the beginning of the week, but no snow. Fair enough. We've uh, mm-hmm. we've we've actually been, I, I was actually talking to a few friends about this recently because I'm surprised we didn't get you know some severe snow this year because the last couple of years and um, the last year especially there was a story of a man who got caught in a snowdrift for three days you know just the amount of snowfall landed in his car and no one realised he was there you know it, it's, <laughs> it has it was it's been bitterly cold and windy and icy and snowy the last couple of years and then this year I didn't see any. Mm. Wow, In- interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm anticipating February. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, yes. That's been like late in the last probably five, eight years, five to eight. Well, about eight years maybe in England. Really? Anyway, my experience anyway from where I've been living. Mm. Yeah. And remember, in first year of uni, like the 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 place was shut four days early because the amount of ice that it built up. We oh, okay. In the last from seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for to, to fill you in on this, Aaron. Um, we have a you, typically British. You know, we have to have something of our own. You know, we can't just share. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a, we have weird, weird ice. We have weird, weird snow. Apparently, um, and the way it was described to me is, we get the snow that it lands from the drifts and then melts slightly during the day, and it becomes solid ice over the night. Oh, jeez. Drifts become really thick, so you can have like a foot and a half of ice build up rather than a foot and a half of snow build up. So it's not even a case of just get the ploughs out. It's a case of, well, get the pickaxes out. Yeah, yeah that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got a combine harvester and put some pickaxes and chainsaws on that. <laughs> oh, that's a great image. <laughs> One of those, uh, what's that like? The, the landmine cleaners, you know, a spinning thing at the front of it just ploughing through. I don't know. So the only, the only, the only thing I can think of that get through some of the ice I've seen was it, was it, there was a car actually that was frozen solid. You know, you saw you saw the car and it was about three inches off the ground because of the ice that had built up on it and underneath it. <laughs> it's a solid car ice block. That's another good image. That okay, that's just bizarre. <laughs> that is that is bizarre. That is the strangest thing. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for some of that now actually because I love bizarre. <laughs> I'd rather have bizarrely warm weather. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be the only one in this country that would say that. Yeah. I want the sun. I want to bring back my t-shirts and my skinny jeans. <laughs> well, um, so apart from uh, complaining about the weather, which British people are great at, <laughs> what have been? What else has been? You know, some of what are some of these uh, deep and interesting philosophical things that you, you JC, have been wanting to tell me. Well, it was actually curious that you're talking about that, and it was um, the reason that came up actually was because I had a very interesting idea. Now, the first place I believe you can celebrate um, the New Year is places like Sydney and um, New Zealand in New Zealand and such. Um, I'm not sure if there's any actual islands that are earlier than that in the Pacific, but as far as my research uh, provides, it's the um, American Samoa is the last inhabited place you can celebrate New Year's. It'd be the final place to go into 2021. 
So I thought to myself, well, how cool would it be to say that I was the last person in a decade? If I can go to American Samoa and celebrate it there and be, you know, strategic in my placement on the island, I could be the final person in 2021. I thought that would be a really, really cool way to start off the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you want to be... So you want to be, even though that there's 24 hours in a day, you still want to be mathematically and ge- geographically the last physical person to be standing physically in the place that 2020 has touched. <laughs> yep, I want to do that. That's a really cool. <laughs> I idea. exactly want to do that. To be honest, and to be able to say that mm. I mean, after, it's, it's, it's like, the I, next year. <laughs> so like, I remember telling yourself, Aaron, that I, the challenge one of us I set myself was seeing the sun rise and set in all in the major oceans of the world, the Atlantic, Pacific and such, and I've been able to do that, but now it's kind of that, you know, now that I've done that, what's my next travel goal? What's the next travel, you know, achievement I want to reach? Um, so it kind of got me thinking about that and kind of straying into the, the philosophical and the, the, the psychological. It kind of got me thinking more about what we consider value in and what we consider we want to find in ourselves. Um, you know, people like, it's it's actually something I put in my mindset development pack. One of the first questions I ever ask people is, if in you had five words, how would you describe yourself? And you know, it's that way. What what do we want to see in ourselves, and what do we want to to be remembered as? What do we want to be known as? Because when all is said and done, it's our memories that are going to last a lot longer. You know, in the minds of others, than than we will have a physical imprint. So I want to I want to be able to make that. I want to be able to have that. You know, my ancestors will look back on me and have that. Wow, he was a really interesting person that they want to learn more about. Because, no offense, great grandfather Mildred or whatever his name was, but you, you, you lived and worked in the mine and didn't actually travel outside of your own little district. And <laughs> it, it just it kind of got me. It, it got me thinking more about you know, what do we want to represent? I guess. And when it kind of came into the field of. I put the I put the post, and this might be the one you're you're referring to. I put the post out onto the the right nights groups and the visual impairment groups. I was talking and asking people, you know, what do they want to, what, what do they stand for? What is it that they, what is it they value most? And there was a guy I can't actually remember who it was. I need to look back on it. And people were looking. Oh, I value my family. Or I value, you know, my my job, or I value that I've been able to do this for so many years, or I've been a loyal husband for this many years, or I've been a supportive wife for this many years. Because it, it's the, the, as you well know, Aaron, um, the the groups aren't just for visual impairment. Um, those those with the visual impairment, it's for anybody and everybody. But the one that stood out to me was this guy said, "My integrity is what I value most." And we got that's a good answer. Before. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah, being yeah. a person of of integrity. Yeah, we're we're kind of running low on those people. Yeah, I did not see that post, but I would have liked that. Yeah, yeah I for that too. That's great. It was it was just a really really interesting to talk to the guy because like you know integrity. What do you what do you mean by integrity? And he said, well, it's, that's just it. There's no that is what integrity is. It's just it's integrity in itself is a concept. It's a it's a goal to strive for, and the, the fact that I've I think I've been successfully striving towards that aim, whatever this aim is. I've been able to strive towards that for so long, mm. and I, I've I've always left people better off than I've than I've than I've met them, or I've been able to stick to Excellent. my own moral compass, mm. regardless. And of- 
You know, and and listeners and and for and for the show, let me just tell you that JC, I completely agree with you, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about all of my students. Similar to what you said, if I can learn one thing from this person while still teaching them, then I'm then then it's a success. Mm-hmm. So you always you always want to try to learn something from someone else, and try to end the conversation in, in a positive way. No matter no matter what you might be thinking or doing, and that's that's a life skill. That's a life okay. skill, JC. So yeah, I I could not agree with you more about that. Yes, it's the the adage of always leaving one uh, leaving wanting more. You know, they want to talk to you more because you've been whatever person you need to be for that to happen. You know, it's, it's, I've, 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 I hope to kind of emulate that. It's something that I've kind of after after having that discussion with them, I was like, hmm, that's a that's something I'd quite like to get into. You, you know what I would I, – my retort to it would be not, – not, I'm not being judgmental, but, you know, in, in the political world or in, in our society today, when some new leader or some new person comes into a position of power and they always say – they always say, trust me. In my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way and there's no way in hell I'm trusting you. You just told me to trust you. So, well, exactly. exactly. So, but, here, but here's the thing. But exactly. So then here's the thing. So then if he says that he wants to be a person of integrity, he's probably also intellectually alluding to the fact that he was someone who had to work on himself and was not perhaps integral all the time. You know, trust me. I'm not going to trust you. I'm honest. I'm honest. You're probably a little bit dishonest. I appreciate that you want to work on your integrity, but still your moral compass was probably shaken, mate. You were probably shaking around, you know. So, of course, I have no idea who it was. And you know, there there are so many there are so many posts, James, that you post so so beautifully, um, and in such a, a eloquent and perfect way that I, I mean, I, I I rarely read all the posts. There's just too many of them. But I certainly believe that one. I'm, I'm sure that that was one of the good answers you you came up with along the way there. Yes. Yeah. It's actually you've kind of got me thinking there because. In in I think it's Taoism rather than out Buddhism, you know the yin yang. This is I had a feeling you were going to get there. That's what this <laughs> I had a feeling you're interested in that. Yes, go ahead. That's kind of that idea of you know you there needs there must always be something to compare against to understand it fully. Because if if you've never done something wrong, you've never you've never really felt anything right. Is that we've Indeed, precisely, precisely. And, you know, I just I just want to come in here and add that one of the things that I, I teach some of my students while teaching English is sometimes when a student is at a very advanced level of English and they want to talk about their life and they want to talk about, you know, the struggles that they're having in their life. One of the things that I am I'm, I'm going to say that I am a fairly good believer in this i'm a fairly good believer in karma and Mm. i have seen it um and i basically i believe that if you do the right thing like we do we're going to get help if you do the wrong thing you're going to get hurt Mm. but here's here's the problem and and you really you really touched on it you really pulled out the you really you really pulled it out this is exactly what i know to be true or what i what i intellectually believe could be true is that we, you know, just like when we say, trust me, I'm not going to trust you. Well, you can't always, it's impossible for us as human beings to always be right. I've made mistakes. 
So have you, JC. So have you, V, because we're all humans. We're all people. So it's impossible, and I'm not going to try. It's impossible for me to be perfect every single time I have some interaction somewhere, somehow, someplace. Mm -hmm. It's it's impossible to be perfect. So I'm not going to try to be perfect. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to improve on things and improve on how I understand things as as things go on, as the years and my teaching and travels go on. You know, just kind of take it one step at a time as I go along. But I, but I do, but I do believe, but yes, I do believe that if you, uh, you know, if, if you only want to do good, that's great, but you're also going to make mistakes. And then through those mistakes, you'll learn to make good. So I, I think it is an equation of inputs and outputs. Definitely. I think it is. Mm. Well, I was actually just saying to you, to V there, actually, that you're a big proponent of mindfulness and, and, and being aware of where your actions and repercussions go out to, aren't you? Yeah, where you feel your place is in the universe. Uh, I'm big on personal development as well as as, as you two are. Um, definitely karma as well. You mentioned karma. I've definitely experienced karma uh, in my life. So if I've seen it happen. Uh, so I definitely believe in that. Um, and if you want to get further into it, everything is numbers, isn't it? If you want to talk more ex- expansive in like the universe is numbers going on all the time. Everything is math. So I don't know if either of you want to go there on the next step, but um. What well, I just I, I but I myself consider myself you know um Buddhist and, and Taoist um by by guiding principle in life, um so is it one of the one of the best stories I ever you know tell people when they're asking me about you know Buddhism and about karma and such is when I went to Thailand and when I kind of like made that because I'd 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 I'd, I'd stepped away from Christianity because I just never really. I felt it was right for me. I felt there was gaps missing. I felt there was parts of it that were, you know, just didn't match or didn't it didn't fit right to be a, a guiding compass for me. There were too many things that rang a little bit hollow. Um, so I kind of went looking for, for spiritualism and it led me to Buddhism. And I kind of always agreed with it in principle, like as a philosophy. I never really saw it as a religion as such. But karma was kind of the part that made me think, no, that's, that's where it becomes a religion. Um, and he explained it as if you're... He took me to this bird pond of all things, and it was this marble bird pond with you know a finger's width of uh, of water in it. And he said, "Okay, well, tell me what you see." And he taps his finger into it, and I'm thinking, right, okay, this is some like you know Zen master, you know, mess with your mind trick here, right? I'm thinking, what, 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 what's this kind of what, what's this meant to be? What's what's this all about? And he goes, "Oh, in seriousness, what what do you see?" And he touched the water again. I said, like, "Okay, I see you touching the water." Yeah. Okay, keep watching. Touch it again. Tell me what you see. I was like, well, okay, I'm seeing the water moving. He touched it again. Okay, I'm seeing these ripples. And he goes, exactly. Exactly, the ripple effect. Right. Oh, so mm. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, God, duh, I should have seen that coming. Mm. But what he did was he pointed out that your actions, and he touched the water, every action that you take has a ripple effect, and everything that happens goes out and interacts with everything else out there. And the harder and the bigger your action, you slap the water, the more the wave and the more the ripple will affect but at the same time, you're responsible for how much of that ripple goes out. I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's that's different. It suddenly kind of puts that quantifiable aspect of your actions aren't just consequential because, you know, action equals reaction. It's what you put into it also means what you'll get out of it. And it goes, really good. Right, okay, so I'm going to do one last thing. And he touched the water again. So what do you see? And I'm looking like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing much else. And he goes, okay, touch and keep, keep watch, watch the ripples. 
He touched it, and the ripple went out to the edge of the bird bath, bounced off it, and then slowly worked its way back into the centre. And he said that there is why Buddhism and Taoism as a, as a religion works, because it's that faith, that belief that your actions will come back to you. And if you put the actions out there of good, they'll come back to you in good ways. And it's that if you put the action out there negatively, they'll come back to you and, and, and affect you negatively. I thought, wow, that's that's powerful. That's very interesting. I've never heard that before. It was a really, yeah. really good way of, of putting it into perspective. And I thought, wow, mm. that's that, that's very much you know what I'm all about. <laughs> that's fascinating. So. I complete. I I can see that. I can completely understand that that philosophy. That that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's true. <clears throat> that was kind of the that was that was one of the philosophical psychological points that you know, we we kind of alluded to in our in our previous discussion. That was one of the things I'd I'd i saw about it and and I actually meant to talk to you about it in our, in our original chat, but things. You know, as, as as these conversations do, they go all over the place. <laughs> now we've got an extra person into the mix, and you go, "Oh boy." No, oh, well, some people maybe. <laughs> maybe I like that, but thank you. Well, no, just the, the, the pattern of conversation—you never know what's going to where it's going to go, especially with three people involved. Well, that's in the, the beauty of life, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know what's around the corner. Look at you, senpai, being all <laughs> being all zen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's come to that tone, hasn't it? So. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I am. I mean, I'm I'm hosting the call, so we know we know that I'm I am I'm the one that's ultimately ultimately holding the conversation. I'm holding the recorder, so I know. Uh, so you, you see that? You see that? Thing? He's lording his power over us. If I decide to record you don't exist. Ooh, oh, I'll interview. That's okay. Karma. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> But this 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 show will will ripple around and will help all all people from all over the world. So very so very it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So I heard you say, Aaron, at the start start of this recording that um, so I presume that people from uh, Vietnam, I think, to the Philippines, from all sort all different countries, have uh, have listened listened to you and your in your message and um, philosophical discussions, etc. Indeed, yeah, it seems seems to be that way. There's an analytic on the uh, podcast side of this show because this show, what once we're done today, this show goes up on my on my shows, um, on my Facebook page, um, uh, and it goes up on the page. It goes up on my YouTube channel, and then it goes up into Anchor, which is a uh, podcasting software. So basically, if you're blind, you can listen to the audio of our discussion. If you're sighted, your vision, you can kind of watch the video, but it's it's also just a uh, basically an audio um, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then there's analytic tools that show me where the listeners and where my audience is. So mm-hmm. yes, we know. I will tell you. I will tell you if the International Space Station listens to this show. <laughs> I will tell you. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. That's, that's, that'd be another one of those achievements. Well, I don't know. Values. I don't know if I want that though. I, do, I don't know if that would be pretty cool. So I don't know. If the International Space the Station listens, who else? Who else could listen? Who knows? You know? Mm-hmm. Insert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um so let's let's go back to something. I'm I'm glad you brought up Thailand because I I too am very interested in Thailand. So 
what other what other activities did you do in Thailand? Tell us tell us all about that. Um. Well, I was quite fortunate actually. This was before I met B and before I actually carried the the stick. Uh, even um, I was in college, so we at the end of uh, in England at the end of high school was two years of a kind of a stopgap where you work into apprenticeships, you work into universities, or you work into um, into into profession um, such as like um, here in artistry and and. Of the, of the more creative, less academic side of things, it gives you, it gives you that, that boost to get you into that field. So while I was there, I made very good friends with a Thai woman, and she kind of, I, I kind of feel it was more of a, a blasé offer, you know, well, if anyone ever wants to come to Thailand, you've now got a friend to do it. And, well, me being very eager to travel, I took that up for all it was worth. Um, so off to Thailand I went, and it was very fortunate in the fact that her mum was the head of the bilingual department of the school. So I ended up doing kind of a, a work abroad um, holiday. So I worked in the school for for three weeks. Um, but what her mum had also done is when she found out that I was coming, had arranged for every single school trip to take place in that three weeks I was there. <laughs> so I went everywhere. <laughs> I went to Monkey Mountain. I went to Sacred Groves. I went to ancient temples. I went to mountaintop resorts. I went to... Uh, jungle retreats. It was it was absolutely amazing. Wow. All the things I saw. Sounds amazing. Um, and it was actually on, on one of those trips where we went to um, the uh, I think it's one of the oldest Buddhist temples in Thailand that we went to. It's it's all completely hand carved from wood and is is being upkept in the traditional uh, styles. So you 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 entered and there was. You were given a bit of uh, you could pay and there was a bit of gold leaf uh, that you could add a, you could add on to the uh, the statues. Um, obviously, no shoes. Walked around and it was it was it was incredible to to really be a part of so many things. But um, one of the things that uh, I I really uh, stuck out with me outside of the, the whole religion aspect and a more um, comical note was the time that I, who has an international master of business. Of my, uh, business yeah, who has an international masters of business administration, who likes to think of himself as you know a bit of a clever a clever clog, was outsmarted by a monkey. I see. I was, in absolutely every sense of the word, tricked and outsmarted by a monkey. It does uh, happen a lot, with, especially with clever people. <laughs> <laughs> we um. We took a trip to Monkey Mountain, and where the the city that we're staying in, I forget the name, um, has been expanding out and reaching towards the coast, and has been expanding along the coast. There's been a, a spinnaker, a spire of uh, of rock that has jutted out from the the coast and became a preservation area for the wildlife because of the, the amount of um, rapid expansion the city had gone through. That they realised they need to do something to maintain the, the ecosystem. <clears throat> So it became a national park, and the monkeys very quickly lost the, the fear of humans because of the amount of interaction they had with us, which is great because, you know, being able to have that interaction with, with wildlife is very important, I think. Um, so as you enter, you're given a basket. It's got plums and bananas and mangoes and, you know, various other things uh, in it that you can go and feed them. So we're going around, and we find one of the first stopping points. We stop, and we, we offer, the, we offer the, the mangoes, and we offer the plums, we offer the bananas, and they... they by the end of it, we're left with these these bushels of bananas, um, and the monkeys kind of like had had their fill. More people were coming, so we thought, right, okay, we'll 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 move around, we'll continue on. 
to get to the next spot and I jump out the car um, as this kind of large cluster, uh, this large feeding area uh, it, it opened up and I got down and, you know, I see this this, this young mum with, uh, I, say a mom, uh, I see a mum with her young child clutched to her chest and I'm, you know, all right, okay, you're you're definitely one that could be doing with some extra feeding. So I take the, I, I pluck oh, the, the banana off of the, um, the, the, the hand or whatever you call it, the cluster and offered it to her and she wanted it. The bunch. Yes, the bunch. bunch. Thank you. (laughs) So I offered it out to her, I offered it out to her and she wasn't interested, she walked off and I feel this little tap on the crook of my elbow and with a very, very warm little hand and I turn and there's this little guy who's, you know, opening and closing his hands, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. So I hand him the banana and he takes it, spins it around, looks at it, hands it back. Oh, okay. So I, I take another banana, hand it to him, takes it, spins it around, looks at it, hands it back. I'm thinking, okay, so the other monkeys didn't like these bananas either. Have they gone bad? Is that what it is? So yeah. I he'll open the banana to make sure it's safe, and the little guy jumps up and snatches it out of my hand and scarfs it. <laughs> he wanted me to peel his banana! Peel his monkey! <laughs> I see, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, monkeys are, are incredibly, a lot of animals... <laughs> Um, are actually incredibly intelligent, more intelligent than we're even aware. So that doesn't the ability for the monkey to be able to manipulate and negotiate with you to peel <laughs> his own food. That yeah. doesn't yeah. that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. Nor me. <laughs> they are very intelligent. Well, actually, something I found it not so long ago from um, a YouTube series was the Spanish uh, colonization of the Americas was almost completely dependent on the intelligence and sustainability of pigs. Um, they deliberately brought pigs with them over any other animal because pigs are cleaner, they were uh, smarter, and unlike cows and sheep and such, which you know, had to be quite a persnickety over what they can eat, uh, pigs are, you know, they'll be happy with anything. So they deliberately brought them, and they had they would deliberately find islands that had no habitation and, and lots of vegetation and just leave a bunch of pigs there and come back six, seven months later and harvest up, harvest them up, knowing full well that without, you know, natural predators that the pigs would just munch away. It's actually a story. I'm not sure if the story was true or not. They said it in the, in the, in the show of uh, people migrating further inland and discovering pigs with, uh, you know, tags on them. You think, how the heck did the pig beat me here? Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was, uh, it, was, it was it was very interesting to see how how smart some animals are. Have you had, have you had much interaction with animals when you lived in China, while you were living in China, Steve? Um, I held a few big snakes in a zoo, <laughs> <laughs> um, where the interaction was, I know if I'm scared they'll be scared, so if I'm confident then the snake will be fine, and these people are trained. <laughs> so that was my interaction. I had um, I mimicked uh, some parrots in the same zoo. In Shenzhen, in China, um, uh, and that was it, really. Yeah, I've, I've not. I, I actually, saw, I actually saw a wild monkey in Shenzhen. Uh, Shenzhen. I, I don't. I'm not sure if it which was uh, quite it was... a rare sighting. A wild monkey. Uh-huh. So that was that was amazing. I'm not sure if it was mentioned, Aaron, but B has just come back from living ten months in China. Is he's been back for what a month now? If that a uh, month and a half. So you know, is he? He's, you're just back from from having a wild experience himself. Fresh out of China. Yeah. Fresh out of China. <laughs> well, that's that's 
that's incredible. Yeah, I love snakes. I adore snakes. In fact, yeah, yeah. I I I volunteer at my nature center in my community, and they have snakes for me to care for. And a couple of days ago, I fed the snakes. So I loved. I oh, just wow. adored doing that. Oh yeah, I love snakes. Mm-hmm. What type of snakes are they? Uh, corn snakes, uh, what we would call rat snakes, small mm-hmm. East Coast U.S. Uh, smaller, smaller snakes. I yeah. ri- I wish they had. I wish they had uh, ball pythons and some of the bigger guys, but they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had at least one python around my neck in there. <laughs> Jim, one of them was a python, and they're heavy, very heavy. And I could yeah, they're big that, animals. Yeah. I could mm-hmm. feel it, it had been very tame, but I could still feel a little instinct of wanting to tighten. And it was naturally tightening a little bit. Um, yeah, they do that anchoring is what it's called. Yeah. They use their muscle to hold on. They anchor. Yeah. 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 But I knew I, th- I was confident and these guys had been trained. And uh, I entertained a lot of kids as well who were walking past. So that was great. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. so, long as, so long as no snakes were harmed in the performance of your interview. Oh, thank you for your consideration. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine, by the way. You're fine. I was a snake. Yeah, yeah I'm more, I'm, I just want to make sure the snake's okay. Yeah, how, how was the snake? Did they ever write that? Yeah. <laughs> the snake was better after having that experience with you. Yeah. Well, good. Just a joke. Well, that was- I see. I see. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And our, our nature center does, does have wild birds too that are cared for, but they are not nearly as exciting as snakes. You know, a bird like a hawk just kind of sits there, you know, so it's not as stimulating as a snake, no. you know, they're very, but they're very but yes. birds, I think, aren't they? They're all very predatory and, uh, they kind of move and act the same. I think they're very similar, a lot of species of birds, but as you said, I agree with you. I think snakes are a bit more interesting. It, it depends what you I love predatory animals. I'm really Yes. Yeah, so. But even more interesting than that, what what were you doing in China during these past ten months? Oh well there we go. So my so my girlfriend is Chinese. Um we met in England, uh we were living together, um and she was a student in England. Um while she was at university, we got together, and then after the idea, uh, the original plan was she was going to try and stay in England, get a job. Um, so there were like a few options. One of those was uh, an employer had to sponsor her um, to stay in England and work for them. Uh, and with that, there was, there was a small fee that they have to pay for, um, etc. She's finished with the best grades, uh, couldn't get a job that reached the threshold of the visa, um, was going back to China. Asked me, asked me, asked me a few times, will you come with me? And, uh, okay. <laughs> um, so I said yes, and then I went with her. So uh, I arrived on a tourist visa initially. Um, we arrived in Shenzhen near Hong Kong, um, so sightseeing for the first maybe month, um, which was amazing. I wanted to go to China for like the, fa- the past five years at least, um, just because it's so culturally different to, uh, to England. Um, yeah. Um, amazing, amazing experience that first three weeks, especially when everything is new, the food, sites, everything, the language. Um, and then I taught English. Um, so when you said you taught English earlier, I thought, oh, well, I've done that recently. So I did that in, um, we say primary schools, they say public schools there. Um, and I, and then I finished working in a training center, um, from 
my students. My youngest one was 20 months and my eldest was eight years. Um, mm. So I was very busy. <laughs> very busy. Well, that's great. You seem more of a trainer than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we travel quite a lot, so... Yeah, it's a real experience. For me, the the most interesting thing about it was seeing how the average Chinese person lived. Um, the quality of life, what was available, uh, what government services were available, what the typical what they typically get on a daily basis, uh, the social to the culture, what the um, traditions and things. That was the most interesting thing for me. Um, so I spoke to quite a few. Chinese people have found out we've got invited to dinner at various places and kind of got integrated with families and uh, <laughs> practiced my, my practiced my Mandarin, got challenged on my Mandarin. <laughs> um, so that was the best. That was the best thing for me was uh, actually finding out what what the the local people to where we were living, what they did day to day, and and obviously they're, they're really interested with anyone who speak who anyone from the the western side of the world, if you like. So. It was a good cultural exchange. You made me. You made me snicker there. Ways I got invited for dinner. Like, did, when? What time did you leave? How many hours later, after oh. the meal had been served, did yeah. you leave? Well, initially I didn't leave. And I had to get <laughs> dragged out because there was no supply left. <laughs> so. We're going to run out of rice. We're living in China. We're running out of rice. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a bottomless pit. You know, I have I have a hyperactive metabolism disorder, and he still eats more than me. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> yeah, I th- I th- I love rice. Yeah, rice is my favorite food. I guess one of our one of the first like bonding moments for the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we went. Our university had a a couple of formal functions throughout the year, and as a, as a welcome to the university, they did a, a gala style meal. We got suit and such, and and came along to eat. And we got sitting next to one another. And we got chatting, and we found out some of the music. We found out that I had an extra ticket to a, a Nickelback concert, and all of that. Um, but I think the, the the true point of cementing our friendship forever and evermore was when I said, "Hey, man, do you want to have my dessert?" <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a bond that will never be broken. <laughs> um, and twelve desserts later, and five or no, how, how, can you can you can you remember how much you ate that day? Oh, I remember there's 12 and 8, so there was starters, main, main courses, and desserts. I can remember um, it was a cake of some I sort. I had 8 starters. They weren't massive portions, but in proportion, the whole amount that I ate was, was pretty good. <laughs> it, well, I say good, <laughs> it was from a, a competitive angle. The, the, staff was, the staff were cleaning up, and so are you finished with that? No, 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 just, just bring it over here. And he was going to other tables where people had left their, left their you know, untouched desserts and going collecting it all. So the staff saw this and like, oh, he's helping us clean up. No, he sat down with about 14 of them in front of him and started digging in. Yeah, and for the <laughs> record, everyone, I've always been super fit. I've got my waist is thick. It's three inches. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just burn it all off. <laughs> That's because you're so active. You're you're hugely physically fit and hugely physically capable. Again, boxing, Muay Thai, rock climbing, hiking, running. You were a sprinter for many years. Do you still do that? Sprinting? Not now. No. <laughs> it's uh, difficult to sprint in China. Too many people. Oh yeah, I was, run- <laughs> I was running away from people who were saying hello. <laughs> Teach me English for free. No. <laughs> I got that <laughs> <quite a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no free English lessons, definitely not. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, far, far too, uh, far too much money to be made to be doing it for free. <laughs> yeah. 
I see. I see. Well, that's that's really interesting, and I agree with you that for me, the most, really most rewarding or most interesting part about me being able to speak French as my second language is I'm able to go to France and have conversations and really interact with the local people and see how the local people live, as you said. Yeah. So it is very interesting. Um, but so, but so tell us and tell me, how do most people live in China? What, what, oh, what are some takeaways or observations? I'm aware that Chinese listeners that may be, um, <laughs> in the future. Well, uh, none there. I will tell you, I will tell you right. Well, V. <laughs> well, um, so right so now I, I Yes. I mean, right now, I will tell you that that right now you're in the clear because on neither of my analytics boards, I have never seen any Chinese flags. So I don't I don't think anyone from China has heard the show yet. I don't think. OK, <laughs> it's all complimentary from me anyway, genuinely. Like, that has just, um, well, good. Then what, what are you so afraid of them? Well, tell us. Well, let's go back. <laughs> tell us. What are you so yeah, afraid of? Tell us uh, how, how it is in China. So generally, um, they're very friendly people. Um, this is my own experience. Generally very friendly, open to talk. Um, I found them a lot more open than typically English people, to which I was critical of uh, prior to going to China. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't want to offend English people. Like, you know, I was born here. I, I'm not very typically English, as I have mixed blood. I have... Uh, uh, German and Irish and French. My dad's first generation English, yeah. I've got German, Irish, Scottish, um, Austrian, and etc. And a family from other countries, etc. But anyway, so Chinese people are generally very friendly. Obviously, they're very in interested in the language, so hello. Uh, you do stand out, even in the uh, high populated cities of the foreigners. Well, so. at six foot two, in a land of the average height of men is five foot eight to five foot we do exceptionally good looking yeah obviously <laughs> um, should yeah. I explain this I, I think I'm better <laughs> uh, do you want to introduce yourself and, and jump in oh yes so, so I'm, I'm, Aaron I'm uh, uh, so that's me shut down and, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Aaron um, the, the V's earlier comment about being aware of Chinese people listening is that just at that moment his Chinese girlfriend popped her head into the room and gave us a wave and gave us a thumbs up. So she's uh, her, she's uh, currently <laughs> listening in and is uh, 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 introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, uh, my name is Yao. I'm Jenkins Yeah, the one who has been mentioned a lot. Yeah, and um, yeah, I I know what he's been complaining about. Uh, <laughs> I'm suffering from in, in China, so if you don't mind me saying, I can help. For listeners listening in and giving an audio or a visual representation, the two of them looked at eyes and the head tilt and the nods and the raised eyebrows that fluttered between the two of them was um, magical and tense. <laughs> <laughs> You're making my job a lot easier. I didn't even need to provide color commentary there. Wow, we're they're loving it on this side of the on on, on this side of the podcast. This is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go for it. This is contrast to uh, what so Chinese people generally really friendly. Yeah. So most important thing is, I think over ninety percent of the Chinese people he's met has commented on him very good looking. Sometimes the first sentence is that is, "You look very handsome." <laughs> 
And then, but he complains about those people as not fun enough. <laughs> and like they, they just um, he he can't get a lot of emo uh, emotional intelligence or uh, intellectual intellectually intelligent people to play with. Yeah, and this yeah. will cause um, for future Chinese maybe I don't know how easily <laughs> offended people are, but this, so this was this was a struggle for me personally. Yeah. yeah. Emotion intel. There's a difference in emotion intelligence with the average Chinese person than the average person living in England, which, which I found. That's my own experience. Yeah. What do What do you? I mean, I wouldn't. I, I'm not quite following that. So give, give give us more information. What What do you What do you mean? Okay, so I suppose there's less how you how you're getting on today, how you're feeling. I'm sorry you're unwell. I would suggest this for you to get better. Um, in China, I found um, there was someone would, in my experience, this is my experience again. If you were unwell and, for example, I I hit my head accidentally on some scaffolding in Vietnam with a woman who's trying to sell me something, uh, was distracted by a hit my head quite bad, um, quite a bad injury, and then I was teaching English. The next, the next day, uh, not well enough to come in. Um, and if you if you don't have a, a note from a doctor to say no, you can't come in, then basically no one believes you, and you're well enough to do to do anything. So that's probably the the simplest way simplest way I would put it. Or mm. if you or if you look fine uh, to somebody, then then you are fine. You can tell them I'm not feeling fine, but if you're if your eyes are open, then you are. So that's. <laughs> I would, uh, to be fair, I would actually agree with that quite strongly. Um, mm. There is a very big divide in, uh, I would say, most Asian cultures because I've been to various Asian nations. There's a very big divide between um, professionalism and personal. Um, whereas you can become quite good friends with employers, employees, and coworkers. Um, my experience in working with Chinese schools, various Chinese organizations, even Filipino and Thai organizations, um, there is a very, this is what we do, this is when we do it, and this is how it will be done mentality. And then once quitting time comes around, then um, on, a, on a more social level, uh, where, where there's, there's, again, that clear divide, you know, this, this, is when, this is the time people will be working we do not talk about social life. We do not talk about external forces. Um, I, I very much experienced that, so I do. I, I, I would concur in that regard that there is that kind of very high expectation of uh, of, of work ethic. Um, so I, 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 I would agree um, on, on, on most of those points. Hmm. Which ones do you not agree with? That's more interesting. Um, the ones I don't <laughs> particularly agree with, um, I found people would be caring over um, your well-being and such if their linguistic skills were big yeah. or their yeah, great interaction with... That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because, you know, a lot of languages, even my second language of French, you know, um, French people kind of live in the moment because of this concept of basically this concept as we call it in English, but for me I know what it means, this concept of raison d'etre, meaning this reason to be, this constant state of being. And because of this state of being, 
French people do not express out loud that they're excited about things. You can't really say, I'm excited. Um, you can say, I'm looking forward to talking, y you know, I, I wanted to, let me just give, give an example. Like if I want to say, I'm, 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 if I'm thinking in my mind in French, oh, wow. I'm, I'm so excited to talk, to talk to James today, but I wouldn't say excited, excité, excité, I wouldn't say excité, because that doesn't mean the same thing. I would say, you know, j'ai hâte, you know, j'ai hâte de parler avec James aujourd'hui, you know. I'm so looking forward to, have it, to having a need to look forward. Um, so that, even something simple like that, can impact the way that they perceive and express feeling. So to you, V, and I've never been, so you're absolutely right, V. But what all, all, all I will say is I slightly disagree with it only on the basis of obviously people in China are people. And if you have strep throat or if you, or if you have an infection or you feel horrible, you know, you would feel horrible physically, but you would not know socially how to express it in the same way and that very well might be the case and it might have come across to you as them kind of dismissing your feeling but they they i'm sure understood feeling it's just a matter of in our language and in our culture do we put emphasis and do we express a state of feeling or do we just kind of live in this state of being this other raison d'etre where we just kind of are in the moment every moment that's all yes <laughs> I, I think I, I really agree with that. Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once on a bus with his, uh, James and his colleague, the uh, the manager kind of say, "Don't go to the uh, toilet on the way uh, when the bus is um, on the way." Um, but she actually means, "Could you not please uh, go to the toilet because it will um, bother our whole journey, and you can go to the toilet in the next few." Um, in, in about 10 minutes, but she didn't say it properly because she just directly translated from Chinese to English. And in Chinese, this means very polite and very good, but she didn't yeah. know that. So I found it lots of... Um, so I would, I would agree with those. There were elements that of that, yeah, yeah, and obviously the translation, but I still stand by that anywhere I felt that I was... My employers weren't very... Mm. Well, that particular employer, let's say, wasn't very... Oh, yeah. But then again, that could have been someone from any country. Mm. You can look at it from all sorts of angles. Well, the thing is, I've, I've, I'm, I've seen mo both sides of the argument. You know, I've, I have experienced people who are, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was very, it was very weird actually because um, I tried having the conversation with a, a colleague who was Chinese, spoke very good English. I tried having a conversation about, you know, what, what are your plans for this evening? You know, is it that way we're, we're, we're having lunch? I was like, okay, so what are your plans for the evening? What's going on? And she was very cold. She was very um, reserved. You know, it was yeah. very clear that what she felt was an appropriate stop to her work colleague about, you know, especially male to female, her social life was. And she, you know, luckily she was able to explain to me that, you know, that whole divide you know this, this this is not the time and this this is not the place and um, to do it and I, I i do kind of agree there are there were some um it's, i think especially coming from i don't mean this in any negative way against the english but in scotland you know we're we're a oh how have you been big hug to greet one another you know my mom is 
my mum uh, would very much uh, agree with that. You probably know it yourself. Every time you see me or every time you see her, it's a big hug. Come here, give me a big hug, give full contact, make you feel loved and welcome. But that's a more expressive culture. It's a more expressive way. Whereas um, in Japan, you're not even meant to blow your nose or cough or sneeze or even use your mobile phone while using um, the high-speed rail um, because it's seen as a, a social taboo, it's a social we don't do that. So again, it, it, the 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 ability to freely express ourselves in England, in Canada, in America, and in, in, in European Western society is is much more allowed compared to compared to that. Uh, the more more um, reserved, I think is probably the the the, the best word for it. Um, but again, it's context. <laughs> context is everything. Um, you know, it's one of one of my life sayings that I've, I've I've kind of finally put words to is that perception is reality, but perspective is opinion, and context is everything. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, okay. Feels very, very, very firm, finite ending note there. Sorry, there was another positive. That's accurate, and and I think I think that is that is very very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It might. I have. I, I. I don't know. I'm not exactly the most observant person, you know, visually, but being being fortunate enough to have lived. Six months in China, six months in uh, the Philippines, a couple months in Thailand, um, stopping over in Singapore, and all these all these aspects. And having when I did my my master's degree, it was an international master's, so it was a lot of people from various courses, from various um, ethnicities and backgrounds that uh, I interacted with, and you could see it with them how um, how they differed from person to person. Now, some people are very boisterous and very open and very smiley and other people I don't think I ever saw smile <laughs> yeah there, that is true some countries you just don't smile it's just not considered appropriate and mostly with my students I tried to be kind of um, kind and stern um, but I, I try not to smile um, I mean unless we're like laughing or saying something funny or something then I smile a little bit but oftentimes the smile in many countries can be perceived as um, shameful, um, creepy, inappropriate. So you have to be very careful when you travel to other countries and and smile. You have to be very careful about it. Um, You can probably smile in Thailand as much as you want, though. After all, it's the land of smiles. But outside of that one, um, you know, you have to be very careful when you smile to someone. Mm. Horses for courses, you know. You, it, there's there's a right way and a wrong way depending on uh, depending on where, how, who, what, and so many other contextual op- obligations and, and details that let's face it, we're going to, as you said, very near the beginning of this. You're going to do something wrong at some point. You can never please everybody all the time, but right. it's the intention behind it that matters. Yeah. So I want to end with a question. So, like talking about all countries and culture are all interesting. And interesting people interested in different people and perspectives and beliefs and stuff. Where do we all want to go next, country-wise, and why? 
what do we want to experience? Well, the next, well, the next country that, of course, I want to go, next country I'm going to see and experience is Spain. Um, and I'm also going to go to Iceland for a couple of days. So on my next trip, that's where I'm going next. So that's where I want to go. Nice. Um, for myself, American Samoa is the the end of your end game. Um, but in the meantime, I would really not like of to life. <laughs> <laughs> not of life. But in the meantime, I would quite like to uh, visit. Um, I had I had kind of a, a European tour set out for myself. You know, travel, backpack, hike, sort of thing through um, various countries in Europe. Because despite the fact I've been a European. I've travelled to 23 different countries. I think about four of them have been European. <laughs> so I want to try and really start ramping up on, on where in Europe I, I, I have been and how, and you know really immerse myself in different parts of culture because different, I mean, in America, different states have different um, foods, dialects, attitudes, preferences... And you know, very much the same here in, in Europe. The only difference there's just, it's just more difficult because there's another language to also get in there. What about yourself, Eve? Um, Ireland for me personally. Um, you know, family heritage. Um, I've got some land that's been passed down to me, which I want to check out. Um, I mean, the scenery to me is beautiful. Um, very green place, countryside. The, the food, the food, always the food wherever I go. Obviously, I'm interested in so Irish stew, Guinness, whiskey, all the local stuff. Um, Irish bread, Irish beef, all has a good reputation. Um, so yeah, all those reasons. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I I agree with all those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting to hear from other people as to I'm always interested in where somebody wants to go, where the like number one countries to visit and why. I'd love to visit Japan to be there. Yeah. I would really love to visit Japan. Mm. I've been trying to go there for so long now. Have you? You've just not swam far enough. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for me it's like I, I, I would you know, I do I do want to go to Thailand, you know, I would love to go, but mm-hmm. it's just not it's just not on the horizon yet. It's not something not something that's fitting into my plan. And for an American, it's so far. You know, it would be, mm. it would be quite a, quite a journey. You know. Yeah, because you're on the mm. the wrong coast of America, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But even if you're on the west coast, it's still painfully far. So. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mother Dearest has just arrived into the scene. Uh, so, say, say hello to the say hello to the viewers, Mother. Oh, hello, viewers. <laughs> uh, Aaron, this is uh, Katrina or Katie Laird, my mum. Hi, Aaron. Hello, nice to meet you. You're the Aaron Show. Oh, the Aaron Show, fantastic. You listen to the podcast of his? Yes, absolutely. You were telling me about it and I heard it the other day, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, if you don't mind, I've just come in from work, so I'm going to go and get something to eat. You've to come down. Yeah. We'll come and see you in Relax and yeah. tell and get something to eat. Enjoy. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Speak Thank to you later. See you later. The navigations of many people in one household. I see. I see. Well, that that was very interesting. All of all of this was really was really good today. You know, I'm I'm getting the the impression I'm getting the impression that it's a little late there in the UK, and I think you all want to get going. Yes. Uh, uh, as much but, as I've enjoyed the conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm I I'm certainly the hours. 
I certainly enjoyed this conversation. V, um, you should, uh, um, JC, yes. please, please explain after this when you guys are having your tea or, or Guinness or whatever. Get, explain, <laughs> explain to V, just, just so he understands. Explain to V, uh, who I am and please show him my, show him my profile so that V can get in touch with me. I'm so that, you know. <laughs> So that he knows that I'm a real person because you know, this, this is a bit odd. All of a sudden, no, no this doubt, guy, you know, no doubt of that. <laughs> so yes, V, please, please reach out to me anytime on Facebook or Skype. Um, and um, if you guys have any questions, as we said at the beginning of our show about Travelize, which I'm still in shock that you have no idea what it is. That's <laughs> that's just too that's just too weird, man. Okay, we got we got to fix that. All right. So let let me so just send me a send me a private message. Obviously not here on the air, but send me a private message, um, Skype or Facebook or whatever, and then I will certainly uh, give you the link. And um, I will let you guys go from here. You all have a, a very good evening. Um, and I will, uh, of course, uh, create another another outro um, on the podcast app so that it's not so awkward and awkward. Uh, hang up, but um, you guys are always welcome on my show, and just let me know when you want to come back and yeah. have a very good have a very good evening there. All right, awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. I've much. I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it very much. It's been ni- nice to meet you. I hope uh, it's been good to share, share stories. You got a few extra guests. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut or... Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions. Like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion to apply. Limited time offer.